0: You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. Beloved, I just stopped by this morning to tell you that we are Easter people. And as Easter people, we know that there is resurrection power. Oh, yes, I get excited every time that I think about it. I, you know, I get happy glad uh, because this joy I have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. I, I get joy when I think about the goodness of the Lord and all that God has done for us. Oh, yes, the, you know, the, the, the oppressive powers of the world, they killed him on Friday. The African American spiritual says, uh, were you there when they crucified my Lord? They hung him high and stretched him wide. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They bruised his body. And on Saturday, we call it Holy Saturday, Jesus lay buried in the tomb and God was silent. But, oh, <laughs> But, oh, but, oh, on the third day, (laughs) he got up. On the third day, he got up. I wish I had some help because on the third day, he got up. and, and, And the tradition tells us that when he got up, he got up with all power in his hands. Oh yes, that is good news today because we are Easter people. And when we are Easter people, we know that when we call on that great name, there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is victory in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is restoration in the name of Jesus. Oh, when I call upon the name Jesus, things happen because there is power in the name of Jesus. There is a power of love, a power that conquers hate, a love that is victorious, the power that conquers the grave and defeats death. Oh, I'm looking forward to Easter, beloved, uh, because it is a wonderful time of the year, and reunion y'all been singing, and the praise team y'all been singing, and y'all sound real good, but I tell you, on Easter Sunday, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a spectacular day, and I know that the the spirit is just going to be so rich in this place that service will be off the chain. I'm here to tell you that we're gonna have a mighty, mighty good time. Uh, But today, I've got to be honest with you, beloved. Although, though Easter is coming, today is not Easter. Let me be clear. Let me be absolutely and abundantly clear. Easter is coming, but Easter is not here today because in the United Methodist Church, today is not Easter, but rather today is Holy Saturday. Today is Holy Saturday, and I'm I'm sorry to tell you that the United Methodist Church as a denomination is in the tombs. And the fact is that Conservatives have crucified the United Methodist Church, and the denomination as we know it is dead. The United Methodist Church as we know it is dead, and the time of death was 4.55 p.m. Central Standard Time on Tuesday. You, you, you read about it in the papers You saw it on the news. It's been posted on Facebook. Because this past Tuesday, the special general conference of the United Methodist Church voted again to exclude people who are created in the very image of God. The United Methodist Church voted again to discriminate against queer sisters and brothers, beloved of God. The conference was called in order to right the wrongs of a denomination. But once again, the United Methodist Church finds itself on the wrong side of history, right? The church has compromised in the past, in 1844, over the issue of slavery. In 1939, when a divided church reunited after slavery's end in 1939, the Methodist church expelled and segregated black people to a special central jurisdiction that was not based on region as white folks were part of regional conferences, excluded segregated black people to a non-regional racial central jurisdiction. It wasn't until 1956 uh, that women gained the right uh, to full clergy rights in the United Methodist Church. And all of this led up to, in many ways, 1972, uh, when the language of self-avowed practicing homosexuals uh, being incompatible with Christian teaching entered into the Book of Discipline. On Tuesday, during the special general conference, the United Methodist Church had an opportunity to write the sins of its past. But once again did the wrong thing. In fact, on Tuesday, the denomination doubled down on its policy of discrimination and exclusion and injustice. Although the first general rule of Methodism is to do no harm, on Tuesday, the United Methodist Church did great harm. Did great harm. Even though it is clear that God is love as testified in, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. Even though it is very clear that Jesus the Christ, the Word of God, Word made flesh, uttered not a single word of condemnation against gay folk, even though it is very clear in the gospel witness that Jesus always chose to be with the marginalized, with the oppressed, with the outcast, with the downtrodden, even though the gospel is very clear that that when Jesus began his public ministry, he, he declared, uh, reading from the scroll of Isaiah, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim that this is the year of the Lord's favor. Oh, even though it is clear, the Bible is clear, the witness is clear, the denomination aligned itself not with the God of justice, not with the God of love, not with the God of inclusion, but rather a denomination aligned. Aligned further with discrimination, with injustice, with evil. And as such, the United Methodist Church died on Tuesday. But still I just stopped by to tell you that even though the United Methodist Church as a denomination uh, might be dead that this congregation called Union, we are alive. alive because we stand here in this place today uh, proclaiming that God is love, that you are all beloved of God, and we stand on the firm foundation of the black church tradition that our only purpose, our only reason to exist is this. We're going to love everybody and treat everybody right. Let me be clear, absolutely clear, everyone, despite the proclamations of a denomination, everyone is fully welcome in this place. Not just tolerated, but celebrated. We do not pay lip service to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we in this place, you know what? We believe in the scriptures that says the spirit of the Lord is here. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That we are free. And in whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So we have come, we have loosed our shackles. We have gotten out of the chains and nobody can put us back in them. Nobody. Not a church, not a denomination can bind us because in Christ Jesus we have found. Freedom, And we live and we walk and we move in a spirit of God that is liberating for all people. That's why when we go to the table to renew a covenant, we renew a covenant in our baptismal vows. We need to study it. There's so many people who proclaim to be United Methodists and it seems like they don't even read the United Methodist baptismal vows. And it says this that we are called as baptized Christians to resist evil and injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. These are our baptismal vows, and uh, uh, really wherever they present themselves, even when they come from the institutional church. It is our call as followers of Jesus Christ to follow Jesus. And we can't turn back. In fact, it is time for us to stand up uh, louder and speak up louder than ever because the Jesus that I read in the Gospels Is a Jesus who when the institution uh, failed, he went into the institutional location, went into the temple and said, this house is a house of prayer, but you've made it into a den of thieves. So he went into the temple and he made a whip full of cords and he cast out the things that stood against the good news. And he flipped the tables. He overturned the tables so that the people would see that, yes, when the institution gets it wrong, we are still called to do the right thing. Jesus went into the temple and he turned over the tables and said, not on my watch, not in my Name that this is a house of prayer for all people, not just for some people. Yes, Jesus got angry, and he did not conform to the powers and the principalities that were ruling that day. He resisted. He refused, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't just because, you know, uh, they were doing, uh, they, it wasn't about respectability and they were just doing, uh, you know, un- inappropriate things in the temple. He got angry because the loan sharks were making a profit on the backs of the poor. Yeah. It was a matter of injustice, not simply about location, that, that he was indicting an entire system of oppression, where some profited and others were held back. The rich were abusing the poor. So Jesus decided to side with those who needed freedom. And he did not conform. In a way, we might say that Jesus was even queer that Jesus was queer because queerness is not simply a matter of sexual orientation or gender identity, but to be queer is to resist systems that try to make you fit in a box. Queerness is a statement of non-conformity that because we are all created in the image of God, and because the spirit of the Lord is here, and when their spirit is, there is freedom, then no one can put us in a box. So to be queer is to claim that freedom and to claim the gospel message of nonconformity, especially in the face of violence, especially in the face of injustice, especially in the face of injustice. So, beloved, I'm just going to say another couple few things. (laughs) That what's at stake here, beloved, as we follow a Jesus who might even always already be queer and a God who might always, always already be a God of the oppressed. The entire way we think about Christianity is at stake. Is at stake because the Jesus that we find modeled in the gospels is an anti-colonial, an anti-oppression, brown Jesus, who always stood for justice? Oh, we want you've seen the pictures. We want to make Jesus, you know, uh, 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 blonde hair and blue eyes. We want to talk about a sweet baby Jesus who was uh, lying in a manger. But no, Jesus is a Jesus who grew up and who came to bring comfort for the comfortless. A, a, a Jesus who was not just this, you know, passive, docile, turn the other cheek, have a kumbaya Christianity Jesus. But rather, Jesus was one who said in the face of injustice, not in my house, not in my house, not on my watch. Yes, the Jesus that we follow is a Jewish rabbi, Jesus, who was born in a nation that was occupied by colonial powers, who lived under the constant threat of violence. And I'm talking about the Jesus who, even when oppression was all around, still stood up to do the right thing, would never compromise and say, you know, things, they may be bad, but, you know, they're not as bad as they used to be and that there's, you know, there's good people on all sides, you know, that, 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 that gay Christians should really just get over it. There's other things to focus on. No, the, the Jesus of the Gospels is always the one who reached out to those who were most vulnerable, who were most at risk, who were most in need of someone to raise their voice and speak alongside of them and on their behalf. So yes, beloved, crucifixion, it happened. And Easter is coming. But today, it is Holy Saturday. And even in this day of a Holy Saturday, I look forward and I know that one day, as Stephanie Mills said, one day we'll learn to respect the power of love. And one day, one day, the church will remember that it divided over slavery. One day. It will remember the injustice it did towards LGBTQ persons. One day, the church will celebrate acts of repentance and reconciliation for the harm that has been done in the name of the one who loves us into freedom. One day, change is going uh, to come, but in the meantime, in the meantime, we're going to keep on turning over the tables. In the meantime, oh yes, in the meantime, we're going to keep on preaching that there is a more... Way In the meantime, beloved, we're going to keep saying so that the world might hear that God is love and you are love. And there is nothing, not the power of an institution, not a rule by the General Conference. There is no law that can bring us uh, out from the love of God because God loves us. We are a child. Each and every one of us is a child of God. So we're going to love everybody and treat everybody right. And we're going to pray. And we're going to pray with our feet, and we are going to declare in the meantime that no one... Is incompatible with Christian teaching. That no one is incompatible with God, and that everyone is precious in God's sight. Yeah, we may be pressed down, but we are not crushed. We are—we may be persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We might be perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. Oh, yes, we believe, and we know that 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 God. That's all right. We know that God. We know that God is on our side. Yeah. And there is nothing that can separate us. As Paul said, neither height nor depth, nor things come, nor things in the present, nor things past, nor in the future. Nothing, no one, no church, no denomination can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that's all there is to it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.